0: welcome back to the podcast today i'd like to talk to you about a camera that i own that's probably approaching 90 or maybe even 100 years old that camera is the Insign singlo now the singlo is a a medium format about 1920s i from from what i can understand about 1920s folding cameras you know like the old fairly big bellows cameras like the like the Kodak number one and number two pocket, the Autographic ones, it's a similar style to that. So I've got one in my hand right now and it's a nice little camera. And the reason I want to talk about these is that I feel that they are a very underrated camera for people just wanting to get into medium format photography. So this one here, I'm assuming they're all the same, but this one here takes standard 120 roll film. Um when you open it up on the inside it's got a nice little sticker that says ask for insign size 120 size sorry size 20 film. Now from what I can understand Insigns size 20 film is just the same as Kodak's 120 film and anyone else's 120 film from the look of it. So it takes just normal 120 film. I've run several rolls through this and it's absolutely absolutely fine with 120 so it takes, let's like say it takes one twenty. It will shoot a six by nine negative, so that will give you eight exposures on your one twenty film. So that gives you a lot of real estate on your on your film. So sorry, as I was saying, uh, I think these cameras, the the folders, not just these insides, these in fol- these folders in general, will make an excellent uh, light jump into the world of medium format a lot of people i think are scared not scared but maybe hesitant to move into a medium format up from 35 millimeter because of the price now in my experience 120 generally isn't any much more or less um cost than than 35 mm so you've got to be looking at the cameras itself now this one i paid i think i paid 10 pounds for this one at a, at a car boot sale uh, quite a while ago now Possibly a little bit overpriced, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I've since then I've got hold of a, a Kodak Number One pocket that was that was gifted to me, and you can pick them up for for very little money, at least in the UK. Anyway, I'm sure that's the same elsewhere. Now, with regards to their use, um, you've got I mean this this Singlo has got a Gorfier, um shutter on it. You might be able to hear it right there a nice little sort of shutter it's um, you've got the options for 25 uh, 25th of a second a 75th of a second and you've got your standard bulb and time which doesn't sound like very very much sort of leeway there but you've got to remember in like the sort of 20s or 30s when these cameras were being used your your film speeds that were generally available were around sort of the 100 iso mark maybe at, at most possibly a lot even slower than that <clears throat> so a twenty-fifth of a second, a seventy fifth of a second, that's that's perfectly decent speed for that. And when I when I first sort of picked this camera up and started using it, I thought I can't like photography rules have dictated that I, I can't really handheld at a seventy fifth of a second, so certainly not at a twenty-fifth of a second. But you gotta remember that's coming from using like a an SLR where you've got um it's it's a lot harder to hand hold. Um, an SLR is have got your mirror your mirror slap and what have you like that, but this when you're using one of these cameras your shutter It it literally makes no it doesn't obviously but it makes very little movement and there's no vibrations through the camera. So Unless you've got a proper case of the shakes going on you can you can handle a 75th with no problem at all um, I've certainly done it and if I've done it, then you guys can do it as well so yeah, so you've got a 25th, a 75th. Your bulb mode, which is obviously, you open it. And then you close it whenever you want. You hold the, the shutter release open. You've got your time mode as well, <clears throat> which is, if you're not familiar with it, it's very similar to bulb mode, but you press it once, it opens the shutter, and then you press it again, and that closes it. So it's like bulb mode, but you don't have to hold on. To the shutter good for your longer exposures um, your aperture it's got the options of 7.7 11 16 22 and 32 um, which work absolutely fine for me as you you they're just they're stepless so you can just move the little gauge around to which one you want i generally leave mine about sort of 16 or 11. Um, yeah there's obviously no meter in it so You're going to be probably doing your sunny 16 maps from from here in so i think that's why i sort of stayed at about f11 so i generally i generally put about (coughs) excuse me uh, 100 iso film in it that's i think i mainly shoot fp4 in this so which is that's what one two five um yeah one two five film in there f16 and uh, 75th of a second, which is, is close to sort of 100th of a second if you can get it. 16 rule, if you're not aware, sorry, is the basic rule of thumb that you try and match your film, your shutter speed to your ISO, to your film speed at F16. So if you're shooting um, 100 speed film, Put your aperture to F16 and set your shutter speed to as close to a hundredth of a second as you can, and then the general rule of f- that's a general rule of thumb, and you should get a decent exposure out in bright sunshine. Obviously, adjust it to suit when it's overcast or, or what have you. So focusing. Um, focusing on this camera is as simple as just turning Turning the focusing ring to the different settings that you've got. So I, it's one of those I forget what they call them. But it's one of those like focusing systems where turning the the ring literally moves the lens forwards and backwards in relation to the film plane. So you've got options for infinity, twenty five feet, twelve feet, nine feet, and six feet. They're the the options that you've got, and they're clearly marked on the outside of the of the focusing ring. I'll be honest, I tend to set mine just to infinity. I've only really used this to shoot landscapes. So I set it to infinity, maybe knock it back slightly from infinity, and that's worked absolutely fine for me. I've never tried anything sort of closer than that, I don't think. And it seems to work fine. The um, The negatives that I've shot and scanned for it come back um, sharp and in focus. With regards of sharpness, it's, it does have a, a glass lens in it so it's it's not only a plastic job it is glass, so it's going to be it is nice and sharp. Um, it's a hundred and five millimeter ensile lens. I don't know whether that's what that is or that was good in those days, but I say it works, and it works well, I think to me. The thing I forgot to mention earlier about the the shutter is you've also got a a cable release port on there, so just next to your your shutter lever you've got a little screw-in port for a shutter release as well so you can do it <coughs> excuse me you can do it um, with the cable release if you're worried about getting your fingers in front of the shutter or uh, in front of the lens or anything like that or your cable you're on a tripod and you're shooting a your landscape or something you got the option for that as well okay so the thing to look out for when picking up one of these is I suppose there's a couple of things. You want to make sure that um, that the bellows are in decent nick because, after all, it is, it's a bellows camera. It, they need to be light tight. This thing's almost 100 years old, as are most of the sort of cameras of this ilk. So if your bellows aren't light tight, then you're not going to get a picture. So the thing that you can do, the thing that I did when I picked this up, obviously you, I think I was at a boot sale um, when, I, when I picked it up, so I don't have a full range of tools, but you can simply open the back up um and as best you can bearing in mind it's a six by nine sort of film size it's going to get your your eye as close into there as you can whilst covering like any sort of stray light and sort of hold it up to the sun and see if you can see anything through it see if you can see any little pinholes in it move the bellows around like with your finger from the outside so that you can see whether there's anything going on um other than that what I did when I got it home was, you, I take it into into the dark room, get a torch, um, and turn your torch on, put your torch in the inside, and in the dark you should be able to see sort of any sort of little pinpricks, any little pinholes in the bellows. Um, if you do find any, uh, as long as they're not too bad, I did repair some on this one, I believe it was this camera, um, with, you can buy, at least here in the UK, I assume worldwide as well, you can buy, sort of rubber based super glue so it's super glue that sets as it would normally but uh, sort of in the speed and with the strength it does normally but it has sort of the characteristics of, of rubber so it stretches slightly so if you just use regular super glue on it you will find it lifting from the bellows because the pinholes generally happen in the corners in the folds and you'll find it either lifting or tearing or it won't fold properly so if you use like, the, a tiny tiny amount of the rubber type super glue you'll find that it folds up nicely with the bellows just pop a little bit on there and make sure you leave it to dry for a good long time once you've done that a little bit of black poster paint or a bit of black nail varnish or something like that just to make sure it seals because obviously the super glue isn't isn't black it's not light tight so just make sure you paint a little bit over that and that should touch wood be fine another thing to look out for is the the actual folding mechanism so this one you it's all you've probably seen them before but to open it up you've got just like a, a little button on the side that will then pop the front casing open and out and there's a, a series of metal mechanics that allow the, that pull the lens and the bellows out <coughs> excuse me to their full to their full stretch now there's no movement on this on this one some of the others like the the number one pockets but. so sorry i think that dropped out Thanks, Anchor. Just when I was talking about the mechanics bit. So some of them, like the the Kodak ones, you'll pull the the bellows and the lens mechanism and the shutter mechanism out independently. So you pull that out yourself. That runs on a set of rails. Um, so that's a whole different thing else to, to look at to make sure it works. Okay, so I think we're probably going to call it a day there with this podcast. Anchor doesn't seem to want to let me record. Maybe it doesn't want me to let you know the... The coolness of the Ensign Singlo, maybe I don't know. Um, so yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. So my point was basically, if you can get a hold of one of these, if you're looking at sort of making the move into medium format, and you come across one of these folders, be it the Ensign, be it, uh, one of the Kodak Pockets, or any anything like that, they're all sort of pretty much the same. Um, I definitely advise picking one up. They shoot a massive negative. Um, which can only be a good thing. You can pick them up for next to nothing. They're generally on a good nick. Just look out for a couple of things. Obviously make sure that the shutter works as best you can make sure there's no pinholes in the bellows um, and everything else. Another thing I forgot to mention about the aperture is you can check to an extent that your aperture works. If you put it on your your time mode and open the shutter, you, you can then, you can move, you can adjust the aperture while the shutter is open so you can see you can physically see the aperture blades opening and closing so that's a good way of checking that anyway that's it on the on this and sign um thanks for listening if you have been listening i'll be back soon um i want to thank just uh just take two seconds to thank mr mike gutterman of the negative positives podcast Um, as far as I'm aware, he's the only person that's listened to any of these so far, because he's the only person that I've told that I'm actually doing them. But he gave me a thumbs up. and said that it wasn't too bad. Um, so he is the podcast king. Goddamn you, Anchor. All right, fine. Mike Gettleman isn't the podcast king. you happy now? Anyway, we're going to wrap that up now. Thanks for listening. You can see my work at, um, on Instagram, uh, neil underscore piper and my website as well if you want to have a look at any further work is neilpiper.com drop us a recording drop us an email neil at neilpiper.com if you want to thanks for listening i'll talk to you again soon cheers hi guys just one final thing uh, it's become apparent through listening back to those segments that the audio level is up and down uh, with regards to its volume. So I am aware of that. Thanks for sticking with me if you have stuck with me. I will work on that for future episodes. At the moment, I'm just recording this through my, through my iPhone with the standard headphones and microphone. So I'd imagine it's probably that that's the case. Please stick with me. Uh, I will work on that for the next episode. Thanks again. Bye.